This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Hey, Southern California, we're coming to see you next Tuesday. We will be at McFadden's in Anaheim at 630. Actually, we'll already be there for a meetup. And if you're wondering what Roger Whitney, the retirement answer man, El Martinez of Couple Money fame and I have in common, we're all going to be there. They're coming to our meetup. So it's glad to hear from some of you, but I know that we've got more listeners in Southern California. So coming out to McFadden's, tell us you're coming because we want to make sure we've got enough room for everybody. Joe at stackybedjamins.com or hit me up on social media and let me know. Only heard from a few people. Uh, So either people think that I don't wear deodorant or people are just going to show up. And I know we had a great time in Traverse City last month. We gave people some swag. It's going to be a lot of fun. Love getting out of the basement and love meeting you. So come join us at McFadden's. That's next Tuesday, the 22nd, 6.30 p.m. This episode of the Stacking Benjamin Show is sponsored by USAA. The USAA family of companies provides insurance, banking, investments, retirement products, and advice to 12 million current and former members of the U.S. military and their families. Known for its legendary commitment to its members, USAA is consistently recognized for outstanding service, employee well-being, and financial strength. USAA memberships open to all who are serving our nation in the U.S. military or have received a discharge type of honorable and their eligible family members like me. Head to USAA.com for details. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. Happy Friday, everyone. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And Joe's mom's thinking about a new car, so I said, hey, how about if I tell Joe to have a roundtable about that today? You know, pretty much like I plan all the shows around here. Anywho, for some reason, Joe actually agreed today. So joining us to talk about saving up for financing your next car, we welcome author of You Only Live Once, Jason Vitak. Also, from the Couple Money Podcast and the author of Jumpstart Your Marriage and Your Money, El Martinez. And rounding out our roundtable, the Vice President of Loan Experiences at USAA, we welcome Renee Horn. But that's not all. In our halftime fintech segment today, we'll welcome you to a new company helping people with bad credit build financial savvy and avoid payday lenders. We'll introduce you to Op Loans and CEO Jared Kaplan. And here he is, the guy who's always begging me for great ideas like this one for a podcast, Joe Salcihai. Yeah, Doug is the guy. 
with all the ideas. And if you believe that, well, hey, everybody, welcome to the start of your weekend. I am Joe Saul Cihai, Average Joe Money on Twitter. And what a great show. I love talking about cars. I love talking about the intersection of money and your ride. And I know that our team today is going to have some great, great tips for you. And I also, I'm really fired up. We don't do any recommendations to the people in our Friday FinTech segment, but I think uh, this is a, such an interesting company doing some great work. And so I'm excited to talk to Jared Kaplan. So enough me pontificating about what we're going to do. Let's just do it, huh? Let's get this party started. All right, and let's fire up my dad's shortwave here, walk across the room, and uh, see if we can get on the line. Maybe some of the greatest uh, financial writers, podcasters, and this week we have, uh, buy, I guess, buying experience people, too. <laughs> but we'll, we'll get into that in just a second. Let's go first to North Carolina in the Tech Triangle. She's the author of Jumpstart Your Marriage and Your Money and the host of the Couple Money podcast and blog. El Martinez is joining us. Hey, hey, how are you doing, Joe? Can you hear me? I, I hear you just fine. You're coming in awesome. loud and clear from North Carolina. How are things today? Hot and muggy, but that is summer in the South. Well, you know what? And that's the perfect weather for talking about car buying, isn't it? Not really, but... <laughs> <laughs> It's always a good time. I like time. to talk about cars, so why don't we do that? Amen. It's always a good time to talk car buying. But guess what? We're going to go up the coast, Del, to uh, New Jersey. I, well, you never know where this guy is, but I think he's in New Jersey, where the author of You Only Live Once and Mr. Road to Financial Wellness joins us. He's crossed the country twice now, spreading the word on getting your financial house in order. He also is the proprietor of the fine site frugal.com. Jason Vitug is back on the show. Welcome back, dude. Thank you so much. So happy to be here. Well, where are you really at? There's no way that you're at home in New Jersey. I am home in New Jersey in the hot and muggy Northeast. <laughs> does, does your home even recognize you? Because you're never home. It doesn't. My body doesn't recognize <laughs> right, where right. I am. So, right. But it, it's nice to be home in Jersey. You're that guy that sleeps in his own bed and doesn't know what that's all about. Like you have a hard time because it's not a hotel room. <laughs> I, I'm spoiled. I'm spoiled because uh, I do like uh, the hotel rooms. <laughs> And yeah, so you've spent a lot of time in cars. So this is right up your alley too. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And let's uh, go down the coast and halfway around the country to San Antonio, where we're excited to have Vice President of Loan Experiences at USAA. She leads a team responsible for delivering beautiful member experiences across auto and unsecured consumer loan products. Renee Horn back on the show. Welcome back. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. So there's no way summer in San Antonio, it's hot and muggy. We are in the dog days of summer, but I got to tell you, we've had two consecutive days of rain and that is awesome. That is, awesome. I know exactly what you're talking about, Renee, because we get that all of a sudden it's 72 for like maybe two hours and you realize that uh, this is going to go soon. No doubt. No doubt about it. So we, we love it. Awesome. We like it hot. <laughs> you have to, if you live in San Antonio. Well, let's get into these guys. I'm glad everybody is here to join us. We're going to start off with this article from CNBC, which is uh, some a bad statistic. Auto loan delinquencies rise as drivers splurge on pricey cars. Auto loans topped $1 trillion for the first time last year. Auto loan delinquencies are now rising faster than any other category. Still, car loans make up only a small portion of total household debt. I think I think, El, we're going to start with you. This is a this is a bad statistic. Doesn't it seem pretty horrible that car loan delinquencies through the roof? Oh, my gosh. That's that's kind of scary. And I know with a lot of couples, they have two cars and many times both of them are loans. And so this could really take a chomp out of the budget. And uh, if they're having a hard time with just one car loan, imagine two. What do you think it is, Renee? People just want to keep up with the joinses? You know, there's probably some of that, too. But I think, you know, we've seen a great economic recovery over the last several years. As you are well aware, the economic performance of the auto sales industry as a whole has peaked out. Leasing has peaked out. And so I think we've gotten a little comfortable as consumers. And the thing we have to remember is the same rules apply. Good times are bad. Knowing what you can afford and fully understanding that total cost of ownership, whether in good times or bad. Oh, Jason, you're the guy that wrote You Only Live Once. I mean, come on, dude. YOLO, right? It, exactly. But not this type of YOLO. 
especially when you're stressed about you know, making payments to an auto loan. But I'm seeing it. You know, I, I saw it on the road trip, and I see it within my community that there. What Renee had mentioned, there is this confidence within the economy, within their jobs, and so they they are taking on debt, but they don't understand the total cost of ownership. So they see the price tag, but they don't understand that it's going to cost money to maintain the car. And then so that gets people into that situation where, okay, I can't afford to put gas in the vehicle, let alone pay for this, pay for the insurance, pay for the maintenance, the uh, the registration fees and what have you. Well, sticking with that idea, Jason, for just a second, you know, the popular thing when you read personal finance blogs is let's buy a used car, right? Don't buy a new car. We talked about that a few weeks ago when Renee was here with Tim Kaine. When you buy a used car, though, those maintenance costs are much higher than they are on a new car, aren't they? So doesn't that kind of level the playing field a little? It can be. I mean, there are sources of used vehicles that are a great value and the maintenance costs can be uh, significantly lower, but it will be higher than purchasing a new vehicle. So so that's a given. And that's something that car buyers have to understand. Yeah. L, when you talk about buying cars, I know that you like used cars over new cars a lot of the time. How do you make the decision whether to take a new car dealer and all these great incentives they give versus buying used? Yeah, I have to say a lot of people buy new, like I hear my friends and colleagues and everybody in the community because they think it's going to be expensive to maintain it. And I'd rather know my costs, but our experience and a lot of others, when you shop smart ahead of time and you do the homework, the maintenance costs, looking at the numbers is still less than the average car loan payment, which I think is like around 470 bucks a month. For us, we have used cars, but we did our homework up front and it is really cheap. It's so much cheaper than buying new and what you think is peace of mind, having that coverage with the the warranty or whatever they have uh, special with the dealership. Yeah, I have to agree with her as well. You know, we look at our USA membership and over 70 percent, if not more, buy pre-owned or used vehicles. And wow. to her point, if you plan ahead, You've got access to larger inventories. You can get the specs you want and oftentimes save on all of that depreciation that you would have eaten on a new vehicle. And so we've seen uh, really smart choices amongst our membership, and it's so much more affordable. Renee, sticking with you for a second, down a little bit in this piece, it says leasing or loans now finance nearly 90% of retail car sales in the U.S., according to Global Asset Manager Standard Life Investments. Although more than 33% of American households are making car payments, according to a separate Pew Charitable Trust study, with over a trillion dollars in auto loans now outstanding. Obviously, this is where people are getting in trouble, right? They're financing, they're biting off more than they can chew. How do we do that math, Renee, to make sure we're not biting off too much? Excellent question. And I, I think you mentioned leasing at the top. Uh, yeah, as I mentioned before, auto sales have peaked. And the share of leasing has peaked over 30%. You've seen a lot of aggressive uh, incentives from, from captives and manufacturers that are very enticing. But again, it comes back to the basics and the fundamentals, which is what we always give guidance to our membership on. And that is, you've got to understand what you can afford, do the math up front, plan ahead, always be saving, always be saving, and really being disciplined about what you can truly afford. And, you know, there's some guidelines, you know, we've got folks that have talked about this on the advice side, Scott Howell, uh, as an example, you know, we recommend about 10% of your gross pay. Obviously that being transportation related, going back to the total cost of ownership. So if your, your gross is around say 5,000 a month, that would leave $500 for automotive related expenses. That's not just the car note. That's your gas, that's your insurance, and that's any perceived maintenance. And so it's important to look at that total piece. And so that is, we believe, the way to stay out of financial jail. I love that, that 10%. That's a great rule of thumb to use. Let's let's talk to the people for a second that already are in over their head. And when I was a financial planner, I'd sometimes meet these people, right? Where they realize way too late that they've made a big mistake with their car. Jason, if you come across somebody that maybe instead of Renee's number being 10%, they're at 20% and they're really struggling, where does that person start to get uh, their head back above water? Well, I've seen people all across the country that have, there, there's a couple that I talked to and 30% of their budget was allocated to car cost, transportation expense. 
Uh, so it's not just that that 10 percent is a really great number. And so my advice to individuals who are over their heads when it comes to uh, car expense is to to do a budget, figure out how much is coming in and how much is going out. So not just the money that's going towards the car maintenance, gas, uh, what have you, but look at your whole total budget and kind of see where you can cut corners. And eventually, I mean, what I always do suggest is to refinance that vehicle. So oftentimes what I've seen is that when people are financing a vehicle and they're at that 20% or 30% of their income, they're typically getting a rate that's really high. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a that's a good place for us to leave it. It can be it can be so ugly for those people and not a great situation. But let's move on. Let's move to a piece uh, in the USA Today: Five Simple Steps to Saving for a New Car. Let's move on from delinquencies to doing the right thing, Renee. The the first thing that they say here in this USA Today piece is calculate your desired car payment. And I've always been told that you don't walk into the car dealer and start talking car payment first. Do you think this first step USA Today says is a good place to start, or maybe we've got someplace else we should go first? Well, I think it's a great place to start, but I think as consumers, we have to be careful walking in and showing our cards to a dealer. Here's how much I can afford in terms of a monthly payment, because in essence, what's often occurs is that monthly payment, they'll find a deal that will match that monthly payment, but stretch the individual out into terms that far exceed really what they should be getting into. And that's where we typically tend to see folks get into trouble. And so while you personally might have a number in your mind, I would never volunteer or recommend anyone volunteer up front Here's my desired car payment. We just went to a car dealer and that was the first, one of the first questions. And the guy tried to ask it very casually. So about what type of uh, car payment you're looking at? I immediately turned to him and I said, oh, we haven't gotten that far yet. And he immediately shut down. (laughs) 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 I think he knew that I knew his game. Yeah. But the second thing here, Al, is uh, calculating how much you need down. I think, aren't you somebody that likes the whole thing down? Oh, yeah. We've been buying cars with cash. I know for some people getting started, that's difficult, but one of the best pieces of of advice I can give is take that average car loan or the car loan you think, the payment you think you can make and start saving now. So save ahead of time. Having 20% down is fantastic. Having more, I mean, I, I pay with cash, but if you can't afford ahead of time that car payment, then that gives you a sign that maybe I'm trying to bite off too much. And then you need to recalculate exactly what you can afford comfortably. You want to have wiggle room because like we mentioned, the car goes down. I mean, you leave that lot, you're losing like 25%. So try to get your numbers in order ahead of time. And then also something that I did wrong the first time was when I went to the car loan, I didn't tell them how much I, I could afford to pay, but I didn't do any homework. Like I didn't talk to my credit union or bank ahead of time. And so I went in there blind and I got stuck with my car loan years ago that I instantly regretted as soon as I got the keys. That's a question, Renee, back to you. At USAA, you guys pre-approve people for car loans? We do. So members can come in ahead and we highly recommend that to get the financing worked out on the front end. And that way they can go shop and not have this unknown sort of dark cloud hanging over their head. And, uh, you know, again, we give them the advice we believe is in their best interest and we, we take care of our members to avoid them getting into those situations. Yeah. Nice. Jason, when you're saving for a car, let's say like Elle's talking about, you know, there's this issue of you're not earning any interest hardly anywhere. Where do you save when you save for a car? In the savings account entitled, you know, car down payment or dream car. Oh, so Um, you separate it out. You've got a totally separate fund. I do have a totally separate fund and I will name it. Um, actually, the uh, few years ago when I was looking at buying a car, I named that savings account my sexy car club. And every, <laughs> every paycheck, uh, there would be an automatic transfer from my checking account into that car savings account. Uh, so I wanted to make sure that I, I did have a down payment when I was going to make my next purchase. So is a late model Volvo sexy? <laughs> Not for me. 
<laughs> just just curious about what is is it is it that your fund is sexy or the car is sexy? Let's define which part of this is sexy, Jason. The car is sexy. The ca- got it. Okay. So the car, the, the saving for it's not so much. Yes. Got but it. it is fun too. It's fun to walk into a dealership and you have a down payment. You know, to Renee's and Else Point, going into a car dealership and having the salesman tell you how much you can afford, to me at this point is really shocking. So you need to go in there with that pre-approval amount, have the conversation with your financial institution. And I think it's great what USAA is doing and know that number and don't, you know, share that number with the the car salesman. And I think that definitely is a is a great tip. Yeah. Uh, number three on this is pretty obvious. Decide when you want or need the car. Obviously, if you start with the end in mind, you can figure out how much you need to save and how much you'll need to maybe finance. But number four on here, Al, make savings mandatory. That's a hard part for people because why save for it today when I can start tomorrow? I know the temptation is there, but if you wait, you'll find at the end of the month that there's no money to put towards your savings. So as soon as that deposit comes in, we actually do have a savings account we're saving for the next car. And both cars are running fine right now. But my husband the other week was talking about, you know what, I think next time I'd like to get an even nicer car. And that's fine. So save now, make it a part of your budget. And then whether you put all down, which is what we prefer, or you put a lot down, it gives yourself options and the ability to negotiate from a position of strength. Yeah. And Renee, I I like the last step in here. It says save, but don't punish yourself. You see some people really beat themselves up too much. Oh, absolutely. And um, number four, by the way, was my favorite, make savings mandatory, but oh. it goes hand because I think you actually reward yourself when you're proactive about saving and it gives you leverage puts the power back into your hands so that when you are in a situation where you might have to make a purchase, uh, maybe even a month sooner than you thought, because it wasn't worth the repair on uh, an existing vehicle, you've got leverage going in there and you've got money to put down and, and, and pay the note down up front. So yeah, I completely agree and reward yourself. So that to me is the reward. We're super excited. This episode is sponsored by USAA. We've been talking about cars. Check out these numbers. USA has expanded its used car inventory by 19% since the beginning of the year. Their goal is to get to 22% used car inventory by the end of 2017. You might not have even known that you could use vehicle buying service through USAA, but if you do, you'll save up to 1% off your interest rate. Those are a couple of the quirks you won't find when you buy a used car using another service. And we spoke with Matt Brune, Vice President of Direct Channels and Operations for USAA Bank, about what makes working with USAA different than financing a loan through some other company. It starts with the fact that at USA, we're not here for the loan, we're here for the member. So we're gonna make sure that military community is taken care of and that our processes are designed to help members. We're not here to sell a car, we're here to help members. So we have great mobile experiences, And if need be, a member can call us and get everything taken care of on the phone. I love the commitment to membership service, don't you? Not only that, every month more than $1 million is left on the table by members who don't use USAA's car buying service. And USAA offers auto loans on used vehicles up to eight years old. And they also offer auto loans in smaller amounts as low as $2,500. Looking for membership with USAA so you can save on your next car? Head to USAA.com to verify your eligibility and to become a member. That's USAA.com. Oh, I got to take a quick break. Let's say a big thanks to everybody who's walked on down to Magnify Money using our link, stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money. You know, when you go to Magnify Money, what you'll find is that that checking account or that savings account that you use, not as good as it could be. And you'll find that maybe your strategy to pay off your credit cards to get rid of your student loans Maybe those could be at lower interest rates. You can pay less interest to the man. So on Fridays, what we do is we take a look at what savings accounts pay. And I'm heading to stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. And uh, it's historically, the last couple of weeks, there have been, uh, there's been one at 1.4, one at 1.35. And then uh, from there, and boom, hit on savings accounts. Check this out. Two of them at 1.4. Now, they used to have Dollar Savings Direct as the top one, and now Magnify Money's rating LiveOak Bank as top. And it's funny because they're the same, except Dollar Savings Direct says you have to have a dollar minimum balance, and LiveOak Bank apparently will let you just open it with no balance and then put money into it 
So they give them both an A for their fine print score, very transparent. I mentioned the minimum balance and then 1.4. Very, very easy to follow. Also, you can look at user reviews. You can look at the amount of money you save. And then I just threw in here $11,000 and it said that you're going to you're going to get $154 in interest over 12 months. So not breaking the bank on that one, but still 1.4, much better than we saw this time a year ago. That's it. StackyBenjamins.com forward slash magnify money, where you can compare and contrast all those things that you use on a daily basis to make your financial transactions happen. All right, let's talk to Jared Kaplan from Oploans. And it's funny because when I first heard of Oploans, I thought this is not something I really want to have on the show because I'm not interested in payday loans. I really think that uh, predatory lending is is horrible. And when I heard that that's who these guys service, that's immediately where my head went, because that's where what everybody does. And then I found out what Oploans really does. And uh, well, let's, let's get into it. If you're somebody that has a lot of debt, or you're somebody who's looking for a fresh start, I think Oploans and you, you're on the same page. So let's say hello to Jared from Oploans. And Jared Kaplan from Uploans joins us in the basement. Have a seat, man. How are you? Oh, it's great, man. Thank you so much for having us. Well, it's interesting. We don't talk enough about the type of work that you guys do. I always love talking about this, but people, you know, there's a there's a woman, Carol Rolini, that was on, Jared, and she talks about people, quote, at the bottom of the pyramid, right? They've been screwed by banks or they're not part of the banking system. And the real struggle that they have and it sounds like you guys set off when you created op loans to help that group of people. Is that true? Absolutely. I mean, p- people don't realize that the majority of America now uh, is actually in the non-prime customer segment, less than 700 FICO scores. And once you get to the 620 mark or so, your options are incredibly limited. We find many of our customers come from living lives of managing their their lives paycheck to paycheck through bank overdraft fees, through payday loans, through auto title loans. And there was a a massive gap between those folks and some of the other players that you've seen pop up in what we like to call the near prime space, the 620 and above segment. So the whole op loan story is about providing the best product, not just the cheapest product, but the product with the highest level of customer service to that customer. And uh, we're proud that our, our social media rankings reflect that. We're 4.8 out of 5 stars across the board because it's not just about giving these folks a lifeline. It's about treating them the right way. They're used to walking into a traditional bank and getting laughed out of it. So we're happy to treat them like they just walked into a Four Seasons and help them with their lifestyles. And just so people know exactly what this is like, because, uh, you know, a lot of our audience maybe hasn't walked into a payday loan store before. Tell me how a payday loan works so we can draw a difference between what you guys do and what a payday loan does. Yeah, absolutely. A typical payday loan is 30 days. It's 250 bucks. It's 400 percent plus APR. You're walking to a store. There's very little done from an underwriting perspective to actually figure out whether you can repay the loan. And you end up getting stuck in a cycle of debt where you're rolling over that loan month to month to make ends meet. Our product is uh, longer term. So it's not 30 days. It's typically a year. It is a higher amount. So it's not 250 bucks. It's usually 1500 to $2,000. And it's much lower APR or fee-based. Our product's 25, 30% the cost of a typical payday loan. So the premise there is we get them into a long-term product that is obviously less cost. And then on an underwriting perspective, we care deeply about ability to repay. So we're actually quite stringent in who we allow to take the product. We look at what you make. We look at your banking history. We look at your employment history. And then we match your loan amount with a number that we believe you're going to be actually able to repay us back. We want people to take out the loan and then ultimately pay back the loan and graduate to lower cost financing in the future. So the one-year payback period versus the very quick turnaround of a payday loan means that the average monthly bill that somebody has to pay is going to be a lot smaller, making it easier for them to repay. Obviously, the interest rate makes it easier. The fee you know, uh, wiping out a lot of that is makes it easier to repay. I want to ask about the underwriting part that you mentioned, Jared. You guys have underwriting that's different than what's on the FICO score. Like you've got some things that maybe FICO misses. Uh, that we don't even think- use FICO. Yeah, yeah. FICO is not part of the equation for us. Wow. Okay. Yeah, we care about the attributes of the person, right? We care about folks who 
a FICO score doesn't tell the story of their credit profile. We know there are, there are a lot of people that actually don't even have a FICO score that are great for this product, right? They are conscientious folks. They want to pay us back. They make enough income. They have enough of a history from all of the attributes that we put in our credit model to know that they're a good candidate for the product. Nice. And you guys also do a lot of stuff in education, which I find interesting. And I know talking to a mutual friend of ours that works with Op Loans, Dan Fell, that you guys, uh, you guys are building that out even more. Tell me about education. We just launched Op University, and it's our first foray into helping our customers graduate out of our product. The idea is that many of these people they just don't have the, the financial background to understand how to make a budget or what is a healthy lifestyle from a paycheck to paycheck perspective. The Op University has got a bunch of content that kind of teaches you these things. And we also have financial modules, they're tests, if you will, that uh, teach you a lesson of financial responsibility. And then you can take a test at the end and see if you pass the test. Ultimately, the goal is to tie that to our product directly so that if you pay back our product on time, and you go through our financial education program, you're going to earn credits on future loans with us. We actually see a lot of our customers refinance. We love that from a business model perspective, but we want to reward people for proving to us that they are credit worthy. And so over time, we'll, we'll introduce OpU into the equation so that we can give them credits on refinancings in the future. So when they refinance, you mean they take the loan away from you and, and get a lower interest rate because their credit's now better? Actually, a lot of times what happens is they come to us and they want 3000 bucks, and we look at their profile and we say, you know what, we're sorry, but we think $1,500 is more appropriate for you. Well, they then end up paying back the $1,500. They're on time with every payment. They kind of prove that they were right. And when they do that, in certain cases, we will allow them to take more money out from us next time. Gotcha. Okay. All right. But the ultimate goal is to really make yourself obsolete, right? So they take no money from you. I think that's the whole social responsibility part of this. We know there's a massive amount of the country that is desperate for this product, which we love, but we wouldn't be doing our job if we were not rehabbing those folks or putting them into a better product long term. So part of the story is actually thanking them for their business and then wishing them luck on their next endeavor. We don't pretend we're not a form of bridge financing or we're not a high cost product. We are. We're there for a short period of time to help you through a auto repair issue or a medical expense or some of the best stories are kids related, right? We have a number of our customers that call us and they say, well, my son or my daughter's preschool tuition was just hiked. I can't make ends meet. I'm going to have to take them out of school. And we're able to provide them with some short-term financing to get them back into school. And then hopefully by the time that the next school year comes around, they've improved their credit profile to get them to a next realm of financing for their uh, their personal lives. Well, I love that. I love the fact that you provide the education also to help them put the plan together to make that improvement happen. So it's a fantastic story. The site is OpLoans. It's OpLoans.com. And you know what? We put you guys on our resources page. So people want to go to stackybedjamins.com forward slash OpLoans. You'll find it right there. It's O-P-P-L-O-A-N-S. Jared, thanks a ton for hanging out with us, man. Awesome, Joe. Thank you. Great to talk to you. As I said, we don't endorse companies that are on the Friday FinTech segment, but isn't that awesome? teaching you how to get your financial house in order, giving you a chance to actually pay down the debt instead of get more on the debt spiral. I'm pretty excited about both of those. All right, let's get back to our awesome conversation with Renee Horn from USAA, Jason Vitug, the author of You Only Live Once, and of course, frugal.com, and El Martinez, the host of the Couple Money Podcast. We're going to do something new here on the Stacking Benjamin Show, which is we're not going to have a third article. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's not new that we're completely unprepared, and we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't have stuff. We generally, you know, fake it till we make it here. But but let's talk about a car buying experience that all three of you had, because I think everybody's got like this dinner party story of either something they did really well buying a car or something that might have bit them in the butt, but didn't, or maybe it did. Let's go the opposite of normal. We'll go gentlemen first here. Jason, tell me, tell Uncle Joe a car buying story. (laughs) Well, Joe, my first car that I purchased was my sexy BMW. 
So I actually walked into a BMW dealership. I was envisioning driving this car all over the place and, and actually took out a cutout and put it in on my wall just to envision me driving that car. So one day I walked into the dealership. I just wanted to check out uh, the 3 Series and I walked out with a new BMW. So I did everything wrong. <laughs> In terms of the moment I walked in there, they asked me, how much can you afford, test drive the car, uh, fell in love with the vehicle, and I just had to have it. And I walked out of that dealership with a, a little over $800 a month payment on that 3 Series. Wow. There's a ton of lessons there, obviously. <laughs> What's the biggest one? Come prepared. I mean, you can have that vision for that dream car you've always wanted to uh, to drive and you could have the down payment. But if you don't have your emotions in check, you're still bound to overspend. All right, Renee, beat that story. Wow, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> this is an interesting one. So here's a classic case of uh, the Joneses. So I had uh, fresh out of undergraduate Mazda Protégé. It was a five-speed manual. It was a fun car. It was a practical car about 260 a month on the car payment. Very affordable. About 18 months in, I got the bug and I just, I had this thing about the Honda Accord. You know, it's a practical vehicle, but for me at that time, it wasn't for me. I found myself on the car lot shopping. Next thing you know, I'm driving off with a brand new one, except I was talked into a lease because that was a payment that was more appealing, although it was still a stretch for me. I jumped four sixty a month, almost double what I was paying, as, as you could imagine. That was a good lesson for me. And so I learned some lessons about leasing. I didn't wait till the lease expired, and I ended up getting out of it early and getting back into, uh, at a later time, an, another Honda, a more affordable one. But I paid for that one and paid it off. But I, I lost a lot of leverage because I was stuck with the lease, wanted out. They had me at sticker price. I knew there would be penalties. So big lesson, stick with what you can afford. Wow. That's mm -hmm. a huge lesson. All right, Elle. <laughs> so for me, I'll, I'll tell you the story about buying a car that was the right move for us, but scared the crap out of everybody else. We had a baby, so we wanted to get a bigger car than my tiny little Jetta. And we saved for Honda Accords. But we were going to pay cash. We just did not want to do a car loan. And like people freaked out. My mom's like, are you sure you have to go with the dealer? You know, try to get a certified use, whatever. Um, we're like, well, we're going to go for the best deal, whether it's a private seller or a dealer. But we're going to do our research ahead of time. And we had like, besides the Honda Accord, it was like a Nissan Maxima. And then the equivalent with the Toyota, the Camry. And we were hunting for... I want to say like five months to find the right car, but it felt completely different, Joe. Uh, this time, like I wasn't that working college kid that came to the dealership with like no idea what I could afford. I was someone who knew what I wanted, what was a good deal. So we actually ended up getting one from a private seller off of Craigslist, which again, when we told people, oh yeah, we're going to check this out. My mom was like, you're throwing your money away because we saved about 10 grand for the car. And she's like, are you crazy? You're going to throw this away. <laughs> and we went there and we did our research. We, you know, uh, checked the car, did the CarMax. I mean, everything. The Carfax, and you mean? Carfax. Yes. Yeah. Thank yep. you. And we checked it and we felt really good. Now, we did actually go to a dealer and the dealer was like the nightmare he did ask about payments. He didn't even know much about the car. Like we were telling him the features of the car. That's how much homework we did ahead of time. But afterwards, when we bought our car, I mean, this is five years later, it has given us no problems. It's not the lemon that everyone panicked about. But I think also coming from a position of strength, we were able to get a good deal. And then we had some money left over because we told him, well, you know, this is a private seller. We want to make sure if something goes bad. And they lowered the price even a little bit more. So wow, I, I say, yeah. It scared everybody else because it's it's off of Craigslist. You have no idea if you're going to get a lemon. But we didn't feel rushed, and uh, it was a, a good buying experience. Wow. And and how did that car end up performing? I'm still using it right now. Wow, that's <laughs> great. But it's only been two hard. weeks, so who knows? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's only been 12 hours. <laughs> right. the best decision I made. <laughs> Ever. 
Yeah, mine, I could tell you the story. I won't tell you the story about the completely sexist car dealer, which is funny because Cheryl often drives those decisions at our house. And when he opened up the back of a minivan and said, the little lady can put her groceries in here, like Cheryl just turned around and started walking away. And the guy looks at me and goes, where's she going? I'm like, yeah, you just lost a deal. Like you just, The little lady could put the groceries in here. Are you kidding me? That was amazing. I will tell you a story about maintenance since you guys all talked about buying a car with ours. I took my car to one of the big muffler shops and I needed to have some work done. And uh, this guy, I was uh, in college and I had no idea how the whole upsell game worked. And all I needed was a regular muffler. And this dude takes me out back with him and shows me a car that he's been fixing up. And I've got this late model piece of junk, you know, college kid car. And he starts talking to me about fixing my car up and making it look really good and check out the engine he's putting in his. Next thing you know, instead of the regular muffler, he's putting like this sport muffler in. And then he shows me that my my shocks and struts need to be changed too. And uh, I still didn't realize that I was getting sold. I go back out to the waiting area and the receptionist at the place feels so bad for me. She said to me, she goes, she goes, here, by the way, um, here's a coupon that I found for this work that Mark's doing for you. And she hands me like this coupon to make it like a third off. And she's trying to find these deals because she knows the guy's screwing me. And I still have no idea, right? She sent me the coupon. I'm like, this is the nicest place ever. This guy is fixing up my car. The receptionist is giving me all kinds of coupons. I went back home and my dad, my dad kicked my ass. He's like, are you kidding me? You put, I, I had this car that barely ran with the best shock struts and muffler in history, like that piece of the car. So anyway, uh, even when it comes to car maintenance, I think, think about really what you're buying. I could have redone the entire car for the price I paid for those three things. <laughs> yeah. I, I really think one of the best investments you can do is find a mechanic that you trust. Yeah, absolutely. Well. Absolutely. And I've ever since then, El, to that point, found referrals to refer me to people. The second we moved mm-hmm. to Texarkana, I asked my friends, I'm like, who do you take your car to? Now I've got got a great guy that I love. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up. That's that's fantastic. I think we hit some good stuff about buying and f- financing and uh, saving for a car. Let's uh, let's find out what you guys are all up to. El, we'll start with you. What the heck's going on at the Couple Money Podcast and all the fun stuff you do there in North Carolina? <laughs> Well, I'm wrapping up uh, this week's episode and getting it out today, talking about small changes that lead to big wins. I think sometimes we try to bite off more than we can chew with habits and changing, but if we can start with those cornerstone things, big wins. So I'm excited about that episode. Good. Jason, thanks for joining us, man. Yes. Well, thank you so much. This is fun. So what's going on with you? You you getting ready for another road trip? You writing another book? You uh, deciding to uh, sell your house and live in a tent? What are you doing? <laughs> well, you got two out of three right. Um, <laughs> I'm finishing uh, my second book, which is a, uh, a daily guide to achieving financial wellness and also working on my third and final road trip, uh, which would begin in 2018. So there's just a lot of groundwork that we're doing to make sure that that's historic. That's, that's nice. awesome. And uh, can't wait. Hopefully you come through Texarkana again so we can have our picture taken with another turkey. That uh, sounds perfect to me. <laughs> you got to do that. The three, three turkeys in, in a photo <laughs> together. Yeah. Thank you very much, Renee. Again, this has been a blast as usual. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Well, tell everybody about some of the good work you kids are doing there at USAA. Always, always. So we are always investing in our capabilities to make it easier for our members to shop, search, buy, and finance their vehicles. And I would say that on .com or through our mobile app, you can check out the total cost of ownership vehicle tool, which allows our members to really understand what goes into those budgets and payments. And then, of course, uh, we've got great inventory and additional incentives around the car buying service uh, so that members can get their numbers up front and they can go shop and be empowered and make the decisions and not get flipped. Is there a specific URL we should send people to, Renee, or is it just USAA.com? It's USAA.com. Awesome. Thanks. And we'll have links, everybody, in our show notes to all the great stuff that our participants in the roundtable are doing, all the exciting work that they're doing. Thanks for playing, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Oh, that's going to do it for this episode, everybody. Put a cap on this week, and I've got more on next week coming up soon. But first, let's talk about the game that we're playing. And there's one more week to get your submissions in for the game. We have one more week in this eight weeks of shows. For those of you new to the Stacking Benjamin show, we podcast for eight weeks, and then we hit the reset button because after a while, we find that... uh, the basement gets a little dirty. And so instead of that, I really, really like uh, making sure that we have great guests on. We have well-designed episodes. And so we take a quick break. The good news is that doesn't mean there's nothing for you. Griffin, the intern, we call him the Fintern around here, comes in and we leave him three of the most popular episodes from the past or and more likely, episodes that didn't get the play that they should have when they really were great episodes. And we've had one of those recently. On Monday, Al Zenick talking about cash flow and the cash flow is the key. It's funny when you, just from the description of the show and just from the headline, we had about 5,000 fewer people download that episode. And Monday was a, was a really was a really good episode. And for those of you that caught it, that's fantastic. So shows like that where I apparently came up with the wrong title and not clickbaity enough, which drives me crazy. But anyway, those shows are the type of shows that you'll also see the Fintern have next week. Good, good topics, great radio, and um, fun to listen to, and ones that you may have missed. All right, coming up next week, though, is the last week of our game. And the game that we're playing this time, what is a movie that describes Doug's life? So my mom's neighbor, Doug, how do we describe him using a movie title? Now, it's got to be a real movie, all right? We've had some made-up ones, and those have been, been kind of hilarious. But on this particular one, it's going to be real-life movies. And uh, our friend Kent said that a movie to describe Doug's life is Spaceballs, of course. And uh, Jeff, who also is a Sparty like me, Jeff said it's got to be Napoleon Dynamite. And, of course, the original title had to have been, he says, Napoleon Dynamite, The Life and Times of Joe's Mom's Neighbor, Doug. You know, Doug is great with nunchucks, Jeff. He's, he's fantastic. Good stuff. All right, that's what you do. Send me your movie title, and then we're going to put those all in one spot where OG and I will look at them. We'll determine the top five or six, and then we'll have a poll where everyone can vote. And then uh, midway through September, we will have that. Uh, we'll have that going. We'll also have our friend Kevin helped us come up with the next game. So I already have an idea for the next game. But if you've got an idea for a game for the show, send those to me, Joe at StackyBenjamins.com. We hooked up uh, Kevin with an awesome uh, Stacky Benjamins t-shirt if you want to see our shirts. By the way, for people to call in the Haven Lifeline, I think we've created the best shirt we've ever, ever had. And to be clear, we don't make any... Well, I take that back. We make $2 when you buy a t-shirt. And as you'll notice, the t-shirts are not cheap. So, but that's because we've got an awesome designer, great shirt. Everybody I know says they wear their shirts to bed because they're so damn comfortable, but uh, great stuff with the shirts. We just like having the swag out there. And now if you call the Haven Lifeline, you're going to get the the greatest money show on earth, which of course is our circus theme shirt. And uh, check that out at stackybedjamins.com forward slash shirts. You can either buy one or you can uh, call into the Haven Lifeline. And if you get through, we are going to give you a circus shirt brought to you by our friends at Haven Life and uh, and us. So Brittany at Haven Life said, hey, let's split the cost on sending everybody that calls in. I said, cool, fantastic. So that's it with our game and with our cool new shirt. Let's talk about next week. On Monday, you've probably heard his music before. He's toured all over the country. Gooding coming down to the basement. He got together with Raymond James, and they are talking about financial literacy to high school students. So we'll play some Gooding music. We'll talk to him about how he started music and about his passion about financial literacy that's coming up on Monday. Uh, We're going to play some of his tunes, but man, I've had his music cranked here on Spotify uh, and just great stuff. So excited to talk to Gooding. On Wednesday, Alexander Tossig 
is a senior vice president at Fidelity Investments. They did a study, you know, they manage so many 401k plans. They've got so many people that work with Fidelity Investments. They were able to look at gender differences. Who's the better investor? Who's the better saver, men or women? And then regardless of who it is, how do we emulate the traits that Fidelity has seen through their empirical data of doing a better job and having more money? So Alexander Tosig from Fidelity Investments coming down to the basement on Wednesday. And then on Friday, got a fantastic roundtable. Whitney Hansen from the Money Nerds podcast is going to be our special guest on Friday. And uh, the fintech segment, Rise, I don't know if you remember when Rise was on, really cool app. Well, guess what? They've made some improvements to the app, which makes it even cooler. So Rise, R-I-Z-E, is the app. And we're going to tell you about some of the recent changes there with uh, Justin from Rise coming back. That's it. Action Pack Week next week to end out this eight weeks. Hope you have a fantastic weekend. Go stack some Benjamins. Bye-bye. Special thanks to Jared Kaplan from Oploans for joining us on today's podcast. You'll find out more about Oploans at oploans.com or visit our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. A big thank you to Jason Vitug for joining us. You'll find out more about Jason's book, You Only Live Once, and his website, Frugal, that's frugal spelled really cool, P-H-R-O-O-G-A-L, at our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. Thanks also to El Martinez for joining us on today's show. You'll find a link to her book, Jumpstart Your Marriage and Your Money, and to her podcast, Couple Money, on our show notes page. Finally, thanks to Renee Horn from USAA for joining us again. You'll find more about all of USAA's services, including how they help members make better car buying decisions at USAA.com. This show was created by Joe Saul Cihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Kathleen Selmans handles design, newsletter, and classroom opportunities. If you'd like to learn more, head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash classes. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. Shannon Cowan is our community manager and social media guru. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm pretty much the guy in charge of everything around here. Trust me, this well-oiled machine didn't get like this all by itself. SB Podcast may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. The medium sketch. The medium sketch? Yeah, it wasn't rare and it certainly wasn't well done. <laughs> well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother in law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans, and all branches of the military, veterans, DOD, employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.